Oh my god, Victoria. We're finally back. I'm again. Oh my god. Another season of Harry Potter Minute. We'll be talking about Chamber of Secrets. And there's so much to talk about. I'm so excited for this. Really though, we do have a lot we, we do have a lot of things to talk about. I am excited to talk about stuff like Gilderoy Lockhart. No, I know we're gonna talk about Gilderoy Lockhart a lot. A lot. There's so much because he's a the lot. five is it the the five time winner of Witches Weekly's most charming smile. Most charming smile. Most charming smile. He's probably not qualified for his position. Probably Probably? Not. Nah, I don't uh, think so. Something fishy about that guy. <laughs> Something fishy. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Uh, oh my god, we get to go to the burrow for the first time? That's fun. That is I fun. I love the burrow. Me too. I think the burrow feels so cozy. They're the most, like, kind of traditional family. We, we get to meet Dobby. We get new characters. We get Dobby this year. We did get a few new characters. Well, more new and then elaborated on characters. Because I gotcha. believe... I believe Ginny will now show up in the picture. Yeah, Ginny has a bigger role to play. We only saw her briefly in the first one. More Ginny. And the introduction of Dobby. And of course, the introduction of Gilderoy Lockhart, which we already <gasps> mentioned. Literally, the week after the introduction of Gilderoy Lockhart is the introduction of Lucius Malfoy. Right? Oh, he's a he's a character. He is a character. He's, he's extra. So extra. Uh, after the burrow, we get to see the Harry and Ron steal a flying car. And don't we all just want to wanna fly a flying car? I would love to fly. I would be really scared to fly a flying car, actually. That poor car. I mean, it, you know, they run it right into a tree. Yes, we get to meet the Whomping Willow. If Not you wanna, just any tree. Not just any tree. Yeah. If you want to say meat, I mean, it's, I guess that's going to be on a... Is it, it's, it is sentient. Oh my god, is it sentient? Well, well, save it. <laughs> that's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. This is a big one, you guys. We're, we're going to open the Chamber of Secrets. Find us at DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where the real crime would be not to finish what we started talking about Spider-Man 2, one easily convinced minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Pete the Retailer. Welcome back, Pete. Thanks. It's great to be here for this crazy origin story we're witnessing. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Today we are talking about minute 47, which begins with Otto spinning around and changing his mind. (laughs) <laughs> and ends with uh, the loan department of uh, of the bank. Some bank. Some big yeah. old Some bank. bank. Yeah. Yeah. Some bank. Um, well, before we get to the bank. Yes. Mm, <laughs> we've got this uh, auto spinning around. And um, he spins and just suddenly goes into 
I, I mean, you know, he's being convinced by the by the arms and or himself. Yes. Uh, yes. And it is not dissimilar to the way that they vis- that that Raimi visualized uh, the goblin and Norman. Right. Um, yeah. The, it's the kind of mirror interesting. Thing. It. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite as uh, golemy yeah. as it is there, right? Um, but but it's still the similar sort of thing uh, where you know you're 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 kind of uh, flipping uh, perspective as as he's going from Otto to Doctor Octopus, right? Yeah, like yeah. the literal direction that we're looking at him changes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's it's an actual heel turn. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> That is right. Yeah, that's where that comes from. Um, <laughs> the thing, like, um, if we had only watched yesterday's minute, Monday's minute, um, and you didn't know what happened in this scenario, you could totally buy that he just, like, stopped right there and didn't go go any further than that because the scene presented yesterday is kind of complete with a version of a character, Um like coming to the conclusion that what they were doing is wrong and this shouldn't be done anymore. And I guess presumably he'd die then. Um, but if we're not for the beginning of today's minute where we see the end of that decision, this shot when he turns around reads like it's almost from a different film about a different character. Uh, it, that's how, I mean, it's not like the switch is dramatic to the degree where we don't recognize him as Otto anymore, but that the actor did not play the end result of the scene earlier on. Like he was totally mm-hmm. convinced in the one direction and then physically turns around and he feels the other way. It's like, yeah, it's really cool. And yeah. he turns, he turns into shadow. He suddenly has bags under his eyes. Yeah. Uh, the way <laughs> that they light him. I mean, it's, it's a very, uh, it, it changes a lot. Um, yeah. just, the way he holds his whole face is different when he turns. It His eyebrows almost me, look darker. <laughs> like, yeah. You know the uh, the the old Universal. Is it, the, it might even be the one before that. The old old uh, uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah, um, yeah, it does look like that. Like mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they they did amazing kind of you know special effects before they were before they could do you know advanced kind of you know they had to do it kind of in camera so they just because it was black and white they painted his face with kind of two different colors so he had normal yeah. makeup and then they switched lights so then then different stuff was highlighted and he looked more sinister this totally reminds me of that a little bit because he kind of turns into shadow and all of a sudden his bags yeah. under his eyes are way more uh prominent and even like kind of his his teeth kind of jut out a little more it seems yeah. and, and they look a little bit yeah. more jagged than they were I mean, speaking of the phrase sinister, we literally had yesterday the light was on. I mean, not yesterday, but uh, at the beginning of this minute and yesterday, the light was on the right side of his face. And then mm. when he turns and is, you know, angry, there here, you go. then it's on the, the left side of his face. Um, plus, we're, we're sort of looking up at him a bit more. Like in the previous shot, the camera was kind of tilted down to look at Otto and now it's tilted up to look at him mm-hmm. so he kind of looms more menacingly in the frame and everything yeah it's where i mean we're describing like maybe six or seven subtle little changes but they all stack up on each other and add to this this effect where sort of kind sad auto immediately becomes resolutely determined scary auto yeah uh, the way he go the way he's like yeah, yeah. is yeah it's so good yeah <laughs> When he leans into it, it's just totally like it's it's perfect because it's it's you know he's 
hamming it up in an appropriate way. He's not going yeah. over mm-hmm. the top. He's just being yeah. like he's being a, a comic book villain, which is like you have so much <laughs> latitude when that, when you know, to to play with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at you know anything you know Mark Hamill or, or even you know Jack Nicholson as the Joker or, or yeah right anybody really like you know the the way to do it is that kind of broad but strong like contained I don't know if contains the right word but it's like it is broad but it's still you know you connect to it right um, yeah the uh, one bit I love here because when we do have our I get sinister auto angle um, we're back to the practical tentacles and one of the the best ways of showing that which is like what i love is if you have the practical object do something with it that the cgi one can't do and um when flow goes by his ear kind of doing that little chittering noise there's light coming off of um the the physical prop that sort of shines across his face as the tentacle Mm -hmm. goes by yeah and so it really sells you on the you know physical lived in reality there um and you kind of watch that, like a literal glint in his eye happen. It's so yeah. It's so nuts. Like I love it. <laughs> yeah, and the way he plays it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's really, it's really good. The the you know the the tentacles on his shoulders. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Telling him to do the bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, I yeah no it's it's good like this this performance too it's. It's interesting because it's, it is weirdly, you know, broad, but mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's broad, but it's weirdly understated yeah. um, because, you know, we looked at uh, Willem Dafoe's performance from the last movie and it's, it's definitely broad and over the top, but I mean, he's playing the Green Goblin, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it works, but uh, what he's doing here is just really interesting because Dr. Octopus in the comics is uh, even more like it, even seemingly even more over the top than uh, than than the goblin. Like he's he's, you know, pontificating all over the place mm-hmm. uh, in in the comics. Like he's constantly talking about like how, uh, you know, how how intelligent he is and yada yada and just going on and on with the with the ego all over the place. I mean, you know, he's a raving uh lunatic you know in the in the comics yeah yeah he's a mad scientist right um and and he's playing it very understated he's he's coming to it from that grounded character that he was playing earlier but he's he's like well what is this guy like when he loses his mind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's and it's this um it's he has to be convinced i mean it's uh it's really interesting that we're not we're not seeing a zero to 60 like um, Willem Dafoe didn't need to be convinced of anything in like Norman wasn't being convinced of anything in the first Spider-Man. He was being taken over. He was yeah. being possessed. There's a psychic break um, there. Yeah. Right. Right. He was being possessed by his madness. This is different. Uh, it's like the difference between... Um, you know, uh, uh, the, the way that, uh, m- you know, multiple personality, um, is, uh, is depicted, which isn't a real thing, but <laughs> yeah, sure. it's the way that it's depicted in, in popular culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is more of a, this is more schizophrenia is what sure. this is. Yeah. Um, I mean, voices which is, in the head. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. He's hearing voices. They're telling him to do things. Um, it's, I don't know. There's just, there's, there's something really interesting that he, 
finds that line and I'm just, I'm in, I'm in awe of it really. Um, he's not chewing on the scenery so much as Mm -hmm. he's just playing it exactly as broad as you need to play a supervillain, you know, (laughs) he's just real good at this. I think is how I would phrase it. Uh, he's Mm -hmm. he's real good at this whole acting thing. And I think part of it is this idea that if you have something this large that you have to get to, uh, as a performer, it it's almost not helpful to think of it in terms of like a different person. Like, how do I become this maniac tentacle man? It's more like, how do I dial up aspects of my own personality until I would do the behavior that this character does? Because it's mm-hmm. all it's the same sort of human behavior. And because he did that for regular Otto, you know, the sort of warm, uh, you know, worldly professorial type guy early on uh, we could tell how much of a three-dimensional character that was by the time we get to this sort of stuff and it's it can be recognizably him by turning those dials up but he never just like throws all of the faders up to 100 and leaves them there it's these it's the give and take that's happening um whether it's literalized with the the um tentacles you know telling him things or it's just these small moments where he's thinking and then making a decision and growing <laughs> bigger, like growing physically bigger at the end of the minute. Um, right. Yeah. We, he still has that center he returns back to. So I never yeah. feel out of it. Like it's a new fake thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't remember. And granted, this could be could be my limited experience, but I, I, I feel like from... Between Indiana Jones and Spider-Man 2, I didn't really see Alfred Molina in a lot of stuff that I remembered. Mm, and then all yeah. of a sudden it was just like, oh, that, hey, that's that guy. And then <laughs> he was in a million things, you know, since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it could... Like some, I, I don't have the list from uh, our first minute with Molina where I, I sort of drafted up his uh, um, <laughs> his whole uh, IMDb page or whatever. Um, but he had some like independent films and stuff that he was doing and some smaller, you know, uh, heady stuff and there was a a particular project that sam had seen him in and was like Hmm. oh we should get that guy in but it was one of those things where um it wasn't just the big flashy movies that he was doing it was sort of a return to form and like his first film ever was raiders the lost ark and then he went back to doing his like small theatery things or his costume dramas and whatnot and then came back to the big bombastic things because sam saw him was like oh i need this this grounded thing that he does right yeah, bring him back. Yeah, just a, just a stellar performer. Um, I I just called up his his Wikipedia and I I see that he's got an uncredited role in uh, Cabin Boy. So I need to go back and watch that more closely. I mean, yeah, oh, it's always wow. a good idea to go back and watch Cabin Boy. But now specifically, <laughs> I'll have something to look for. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man! Wow. After he does the yeah, and he, he's like turns around, he's like, "Oh, but I'm I'm gonna need you know I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna need stuff. I'm gonna need money." And then mm-hmm. this is when I I started uh, calling into question <laughs> how these arms know things like, <laughs> like stealing as a concept, like like <laughs> well like the concept of money, oh, sure. and also the concept <laughs> of theft of money. That's that's a complicated <laughs> series of things to understand. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, uh, one, one is a symbol of value. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other is, uh, 
um, a conceptual like a, a conception of morality. It's right. there's a lot going on in those <laughs> just those two things, and uh, the arms are like, yeah, just steal the money. It's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> I've got a lot of questions now. <laughs> um, it's like if you just met a space alien who like also knows how like political finance works. Like it was just like what uh, you know, yeah, kind of out of nowhere. Um, I don't know. I think it. I've always kind of uh, embraced it in terms of the uh, the the door going both ways thing we spoke of yesterday. I think it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's more fun to think of it as uh, just aspects of his personality convincing him of it. Um, but I think filtered through the idea of the arms want what they want and they want to get Otto back on track. How do they use what access they have to his mind to convince him of it? Um, mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, like maybe I don't need to know how to Oh, what? I'm about to build a very weird analogy. Wouldn't be the first time. Continue. No, it certainly wouldn't. See, I don't need to, to know how to pilot a helicopter to, like, you know, threaten a pilot and make him take me somewhere. You know? Like, I hmm. if I hijack the copter, I can use all of his knowledge and skills to get me where I'm going, but, like, I don't have to have them myself. Okay. Mm. It's, right. it's a stretch, yeah. but I'm gonna stand by it. He's, so he's the so so Otto's the helicopter pilot. Yes, in this, uh, yeah, right. analogy. <laughs> okay, very, all right, very odd analogy. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Hmm. Um, I don't know if this is an Alfred Molina thing that's seeping in, or if this was an acting choice by Alfred Molina, as far as like uh, like this is a thing this character is going to do, but. Hmm. Um, the eyebrow lift. Yes. <laughs> when he gets an idea mm. that when he's just like, oh, I'm clever. Yeah. There it is. Totally. I love, I, I love that eyebrow lift. Oh, it's so good. It's stellar. Um, yeah. It's, um, yeah. I have, I've noticed if I like, uh, if I'm not careful to like let all the tension in my face go, um, like in the middle of focusing hard on anything, I will start to get an eyebrow lift in my left eyebrow. And like, I remember an on-camera acting class that was like, unless you're going for that, make sure you're in control of it because it can kind of, uh, it, it reads in this way where he's doing it expertly here, at least, uh, this, Mm. it's like a, uh, an unconscious motion that's done very deliberately unconscious. Like how you watch somebody like wiggle their ears and you're like, Oh wow, that's pretty good. Um, to, Pull off the eyebrow lift and not have it seem forced is astonishing to me. Uh, at least like, I'm pretty proud of it. Um, he's a good eyebrow actor. If I could <laughs> hop back a little bit in time, um, I just mm-hmm. want to say we we have been in close-ups for like two days now. And then, yeah. um, you know, about 16 seconds into this minute, well, 20 seconds into this minute, we cut to this wide shot that just shows off this huge set and space and everything and i'm not sure to what degree this is like compositing in the miniature or if it's all the full-size set but i think it's it's really stellar that Otto uh is walking and talking in this giant wide shot and does the little stunt lift with the arms that take him over this large piece of debris and the camera goes in close and he interacts with the physical eye beam that's there where in one unbroken shot we go from a huge wide bit of coverage to a close-up and it's seamless again yeah i i this is beautiful set and beautiful like way to sell that moment yeah yeah it's it's a nice set is the um 
the uh, art director, is it the same one from the first movie? I think so. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I think it is because, I mean, I, I'm looking at this set and I just see a lot of uh, the hulking ruin from yeah. the first movie oh, yeah. in here, especially with like the, the frames and frames and frames. <laughs> um, exactly. I, it seems to be something that uh, he he like a, it's almost like a signature or something mm-hmm. um, yeah. for for him because it there there are certain like I'm looking at like certain parts of this set and it just it looks like the hulking ruin from the end yeah. of the first movie yeah um, not not that that's a bad thing just no of course noticed. yeah but yeah it's, um, well, consistency oh, is good sometimes. yeah yes yeah. yes, yes. Uh, I I have questions about fulcrums. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, I. 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 You know. I hate to throw logic into this. Uh, this. This. This movie about the the kid with the spider powers and the octopus man. But, yes. Yes. No. Um. I. Uh, I. I question whether or not Otto's spine would be a strong enough fulcrum for these arms. Because <laughs> hmm. there are certain there are yeah. certain times where. Things happen um, like when he walks over when the when the arms walk him over that um, that beam. Yes, uh, it, it it happens at such an angle where his spine would be taking the majority of that that weight. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I just looks like his spine would snap in half. Um, well, mm, yes. Okay. So yes. <laughs> at the first of all, yes. But also. Is not the design of the harness, you know, the thing that like wrapped around him and did the little shink uh, doohickey when he was making the. Uh, oh right, the, the harness. The harness itself, the the, the belt is. Yeah. What, what most of the the weight is distributed across, right? Like right, everything right, right. from from the angle of one arm to another is all still that solid metal rig that he's got under there. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I forgot about the. I forgot about his. Uh, his cummerbund. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah. His fancy yeah. cummerbund. <laughs> I mean, physically, I'm sure there's still you know damage that he would take, but it's, at least there's that little kind of literally uh, you know like a little uh, wrapper around it that it can be like, oh, okay. Well, that's that. That'll save it. That'll. They hold him tight. Yeah. You this know. contains it. it <laughs> well, it just it just uh, it plays more to my logic sensors that way. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah, you know. It yeah. would it actually work? Well. I don't know, but <laughs> it looks like it would, and that's enough. I exactly. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Fulcrums. I like how the like score literally goes to bum 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 territory in this, where like the bad the bad decision crosses his face, and we move into mm-hmm. like okay, now we have our our new approach to his new villain plan here, and we get these big brassy notes that are like bum bum bum, and I I love it. Like I love that. Mm-hmm. Like it's willing to go there like it doesn't pull me out in any way it's like just incorporated into the actual uh um you know musicality of it um but you know mm-hmm. sometimes well, the cliches work <laughs> like, you know you know it's funny because it's there I, I i feel like these movies work um you know not 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 to say that uh danny elfman is um as as you know, great a composer as John Williams because mm-hmm. no one is. Sure, um, yes, yes. But it, 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 you know, he's in that similar fashion of of composer where, without him, I think most of the movies he scores they just don't work at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And and it's in and this is a good example of this because there are there are so many moments in these these first two movies that should be so silly and not work at all, but his music sort of like soothes you into into like that feeling of no 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 the movie knows the movie knows this yes. is silly and yeah. is and is you know it's playing it's it's playing for the rafters and it you know it this is all we're doing it but we're confident about it and and you know you're you're in good hands it's it's right. sort of soothing in that way whereas yeah. when you look at the sillier moments of amazing spider-man 2 <laughs> um, like the uh, the the German scientist is my go to. Yeah, um, which is, I mean, he's just literally in a different movie. Or Paul Giamatti. Yeah, they're both oh, in completely God. different movies. Yeah. And the problem with that is that they got Hans Zimmer to do the score, who doesn't score movies like this. This isn't <laughs> how he does this. He scores things that are you know fairly grounded or or um, epic. Yes. You know, yeah, and that's not what was happening with those two performances <laughs> in that movie, and so you end up with this thing that is kind of confusing and 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 muddled, um, yeah, in a uh, uh, tone way. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like um, the audio version of that thing we talked about on Monday when they had the uh, three shots blended together, and it was no, we're not doing this because we're doing this for the sake of skill. Like we're like, this isn't like uh, a thing we did by necessity and it doesn't quite work. And we're just like, hope you don't notice it. We're like, no, notice it. Like notice this bit of uh, deliberate style and not uh, like skate over it. It's so with the score, it's like, yeah, we're doing this on purpose. We know it feels this way. You don't have to feel like, Oh, they were shooting for something and now it's silly. It's silly. Mm Hmm. Enjoy it being silly because it's comic right. book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's a little like I, I hate to bring everything back to uh, the original Superman movie. <laughs> Please do. No, I, don't hate it. I don't hate bringing it back that much, but uh, I'm, I'm making. We don't know, hate it. It's fine. Positive parallels, positive links between the two that it works. Mm-hmm. This score works here in the same way that like there's a lot of ridiculous stuff in the original Superman movie. But because of that kind of blaring you know john williams is like you know horns kind of like bah, 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 bah. i'm like oh yeah like it, it's it's doing it with confidence like you said it right. totally right. matches that and here there are some moments where it's just kind of it's exactly the same thing where it's just like yeah we we know this is what we're doing that's why it's fun yeah mm-hmm. and and right. again again with the way the performance grounds it in terms of like uh the, the thing i always think about is the bit where uh clark takes off his glasses for a second and stands up straighter and becomes Superman and then puts him back on and, you know, huddles back into Clark Kent. This type of shift that we're doing where, yes, it's the same character, but expressed in this other way is kind of like what Molina is doing in terms of, like, grounding the unreality of, oh, crazy arms guy, tentacle man, is still (laughs) this professor that we know. Um, It's a similar, like, bit of magic, like, that's happening here. Um, yeah. And then the movies do directly reference the Donner uh, films a couple times. You know, there's the the Superman joke that Aunt May has in the first one, and uh, mm. the uh, the shirt ripping. <laughs> that right. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, again, I I mean we've I think we've with the with the broken door um, uh, scenario, I think we've we've solved the arm thing. But I mm. just. I I I love the idea that <laughs> that the. The arm says, why don't we steal the money? No, I'm not a criminal. Well, you know, the real crime would be 
<laughs> not to finish what you, we started. And he just he just whistles right by it because he just goes, "You're right," and then says it. You right. know, like yeah, says it out loud. Yeah, I, we don't I, have enough time to question the complexity of that message because he just goes, <laughs> "You're right. You're right." And it would be that would be the real crime. Oh man, like it's. Yeah, that's so good. It's just I, I when it, whenever this scene happens, I just picture the arms becoming uh, the Green Goblin on the rooftop when he like leans against the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is like you want to hear the real truth. Uh, the real crime would be not to finish what we started. <laughs> you and me, we're exceptional. Oh yeah, you're right. We are. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you're right. We are exceptional. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's I just love it so much. But uh and then and then he has a he's decided that he has a uh catchphrase now. Yeah, callback um, time to uh yeah. the sun line, which is Right. What a visual. What a uh I don't know. It, there's something that weirds me out about like the uh proportions of this move where he he gets all big and theatric and the arms of course help him become bigger and more theatrical uh by mm-hmm. standing him up. But there's something about his like rags that are again they're one they're covering up the uh the cummerbund where we almost forget about it. And two mm-hmm. the rags are so billowy that they're kind of blocking like a foot and a half of each arm. So like mm-hmm. it it almost looks like the arms are not <laughs> octopus arms at that moment but like a big Gumby creature, like he looks like Stilt Man. Yeah, like Stilt Man. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it it, it works. It's intimidating, but it's also so weird. It, It, it's also interesting because he's sort of taking the shape of the thing he's gonna build. Like, oh, like Otto, like Otto is the sun, and then the the arms are like made are built are like the the thing that those reactor doohickeys. Yeah, yeah, right. Um. I don't know. That's kind of it. And the way that he's like the power of the sun in the palm of my hand, but he's like using his whole arms. I was like, that's not your palm. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's like your whole body, dude. That's like a, it's like, like you're going to Atlas it on your shoulders. What are you doing? Buddy? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, and speaking of which earlier when he says, um, you know, I'm going to, his plan isn't, isn't cr- so crazy. Like it's, Mm. It's crazy that he's going to try this again, but he's like, no, I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to enlarge the containment field. And so it'll be safer and I'll actually do it this time. But as we find out later, like the idea of doing the same experiment, but enlarging the containment field isn't a bad idea. Yeah. Mm. But the problem is that he doesn't do that he enlarges the containment field but he also like quadruples the size of the (laughs) initial fusion reaction yeah um, which defeats the purpose of enlarging the containment field uh just because i don't know uh just because harry overdoes it on the uh on the uh, MacGuffin. What, what, yeah. is this, what, what is that stuff called? Again? Tritium. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the tritium. Because um, um, he has like, he has like barely a pinky sized amount in the initial experiment. And then he's got like a fist sized. He's got like a, <laughs> like a baseball sized yeah. <laughs> amount yeah. of tritium when he does the experiment at the end of the movie. And um, volume scales quick. Like that, it's not like yeah. that's like four times more. That's like a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I... Yeah. I think the only thing that kind of slightly like uh, skates over that wrinkle for me is um, Mon- Monday's minute where he kind of has the uh, 
Peter was right. I must have miscalculated thing where mm. may, where maybe there is a critical error in the actual experiment design that is making the thing unstable and not just that he he was so close to it and 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 but but then the 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 arms just want him to carry on with his hubris i guess like may, that yeah. kind of almost does it but it does i, I mean, think that's i think that's all you can do sure I, yeah <laughs> i what what i just i just liked that i could follow his logic Ooh, uh, yeah totally for, for a yeah. second even though even though you know by the time he actually gets around to doing the experiment he's so he's such a madman that yeah. it doesn't matter that he has a Right. Soft the initial idea size. is at least it's it's certainly no let's turn all of New York into lizard people, uh, you know. No. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can have some friends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. It's pretty solid. Anyway. Anyway. Um anything else for this minute? Uh, I mean I'm good. No. Fine. I just had I had a, a little I drew a little heart next to when he leans into being Doc Ock. So yeah. we, we address yeah. that a little bit, but I just just want to let you know the extent of my notes was that it was a little hard. <laughs> I just have a there little bit that says, I like the look of the set. That's what I have yeah. at the end mm-hmm. here. Because we get like a look at like the environment with like the cans and the hooks and the broken windows and whatnot. It's just, it's pretty, I don't know, pretty set. Um, pe- tell people uh, about uh, ABC Devo. Sure. It's uh, as if my, my weird obsession with the time period from... Uh, 1977 to 1985 wasn't uh, crazy enough. Uh, with the Star Wars minute, we've also uh, with the two other movies by minutes, veterans and one outsider. We've got a, a show called ABC Devo. It's uh, Tom Taylor and uh, John Engel and my friend Joe Mazel and I. We we go through all of Devo's songs, their album cuts uh, alphabetically by title. Wow. Um, and uh, we're we're somewhere around the middle of that by now. Where I think we're in the M's or N's <laughs> at this point. You you are uh, you are very good at coming up with uh, podcasting gimmicks. Oh, thank as you. As it turns out, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> I've, yeah. Got, I've got some more cooking that'll be uh, interesting. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Um, that's uh, I I uh, I envy that. Uh, <laughs> I definitely do because that's that is impressive. Definitely riding the wave of your first idea all the way to our own success. So yeah, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty the, impressed overall. We all are. We all are. <laughs> the whole thing, the the way it's become a community and a and a whole, you know, phenomenon is is amazing and outstanding. And I I love every second of it. I love talking Aww. to, seeing you know how all the shows you know kind of break down differently, and everybody's having fun with their. You know they're 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 having uh, kind of the same amount of fun that I'm having. It seems like, which is awesome. You can check all those shows out at uh, moviesbyminutes.com. That's true. And uh, while you're over there, you know there's uh, there's going to be a new movies by minutes uh, get together in Denver in That's August. Right. Yes. Yeah. Eight one eight one eight. Yeah. So go check that out. Uh, that would be you can find uh, a link for that over at moviesbyminutes.com. And. Uh, Check that out, and uh, I'm sure we'll have more information. By the time you're hearing this, there will probably be a lot more information out there <laughs> about it. Um, so, uh, so go check that out, and we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 48. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.